Hey guys, and welcome back to the Image Junkies podcast. It's February 2018. I'm here in Johannesburg where the sun is shining. And today we've got a great interview for you. We're speaking to a friend of mine, Lee Durant. He's a cameraman based in London, and he's a former Royal Marine. And today's chat is what it was like for him leaving the Marines and getting into journalism, and what skills guys and girls in the military have that can really help them in the career. We, we talk about a lot of things, and hopefully you'll find it interesting and useful. All right, here we go. So Lee, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, firstly, who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, my name's Lee Durant. I'm a cameraman working freelance at the moment uh, for most of the main broadcasters. Um, BBC and ITV mainly, ITN, uh, ITV News. So yeah, it's um, busy enough, and that's what you want as a freelancer, really. Just stay nice and busy, and money in the you pocket. Know, fill the days. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And and Lee, I know your background. Um, you were in the military before becoming a cameraman. Can you sort of fill us in on on you know what your what your career in the military was, what you did, how long you were in for, uh, you know how you progressed, that sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose um, I was. I had no idea I was going to be a cameraman photographer when I joined the military. So I joined at 18, um, joined uh, joined the Royal Marines, and then uh, proceeded with a normal career in the Royal Marines, normalish. And then um, as an uh, infantryman. Uh, yeah, I was an infantry. Well, I mean, everybody in the Royal Marines trains an infantryman, um, and then basically your first unit, you go to your first unit, and then um, you get given. Sp- specific roles in there uh whenever you get to a, a new unit um and then uh basically the opens up to wider jobs like you know ships marine and, and and naval party duties and stuff like that so there's quite a wide variety of jobs you can do um i spent my nine years um at 40 commando then i went to be a ships marine on hms ocean uh then hms uh, ocean a- that's the that's the the one with all the landing craft on board isn't it uh, it's got four landing craft, but it's mainly helicopter carrier. Ah, right, so, okay, yeah. Yeah, I did, uh, did a, a stint on there for a couple of years. Um, then I came out, went to headquarters, and then after that I went to Diego Garcia, which is where I kind of got a passion for passion for photography, really, because I did 15 months on a <laughs> tropical island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. It sort of gives you a bit of a, you know, a bit of a different view on life, really. So beautiful sunshine, beautiful wildlife, um and uh, a great place to be for 15 months just to sort of learn learn the craft and you know self-taught myself uh, a little bit of photography there but very much playing at it um and then when i'd had enough time on the tropical island i then came back to the uk um and trained recruits at limpston for two and a half years and it was there really that again i just sort of used to run up and down the ranges with my uh, with my camera taking photographs of the marines uh or the recruits in training um, and, and that was encouraged. One, that wasn't that wasn't frowned upon. That was encouraged, was it, by the by the corps? Yeah, um, I suppose they didn't really have a have a choice. We we ran our our troop as, as we wanted to. So I mean, you know, you're quite a close knit unit. So you could you could literally kind of do what you want from that point of view. You know, if you've got recruits and they're they're your troops, then why not take a few pictures of them out in the field, get a few Gucci fots, which is what I did, and the lads like it anyway. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just used to, you know, we used to do the range safety and run up and down the ranges and then I would run up and down the ranges with the other troops taking more pictures because that's really what I enjoy doing. So 
anyway, long story short, then um, there was an advert at the Royal Marines Photographic Unit, um, and uh, they wanted Royal Marines to transfer over to the Navy to be photographers. So I that was my path then. I decided I wanted to be a photographer. So I left the Marines. Well, in fact, I did my photography course as a Marine, and then uh, and then when I finished that, I then transferred over to the Navy to be a, a Navy photographer, where I did five years then. So how does that work then? Um, I mean, how did you you get that job? Is it just like applying for a job in civilian life? You sort of apply, you put in a CV. How does how does it work if if someone's in the Royal Marines now and they want to make that that move? What what's the process? Um, well, I suppose the first thing to do really is in, in each Royal Marine unit or most of them, you have a, a photographer based with the based with the Marines, which is why uh, the job was advertised was because basically there weren't enough Navy guys who wanted to work with marine units who wanted to be a photographer because obviously you have to keep up with the lads and you have to do everything the lads do including carrying more kit because you not only have your food weapon your webbing your bergen you also have your camera gear to carry as well so it's quite hard for some of the naval lads to sort of comprehend doing that really as a job you know they yeah. might well want to be a photographer but do you want to be a photographer with the marines it's a whole different yeah yeah kind of you know uh, a whole different and presumably they they also do the all arms commando course today if they want to if they want to do that job they don't have to oh. no because well they, they never used to anyway but they they could basically work with marine units anyway as a normal mm. naval rank if you like right. um it was advised to do the all arms commando course because then when you're working with a, a raw marine unit nobody gives you any shit right you know yeah. because you're a commando trained you know, naval rank working with a marine unit, you know, and they know you can kind of keep up with the lads to all intents and purposes. So not to say that Navy guys get a given shit when they get to a marine unit, but it always helps when you, you have that badge, you can, yeah. you know, kind of fit in straight away if you like. Um, so, um, yeah, to answer your, your question, basically if you wanted to be a photographer in the, in, in the Navy and you're a marine, then the best thing to do would be to go to your, your, um, photography unit or your photography cell within your unit and go and speak to the FOT for a start and then he can put you in touch with the branch sponsor um, the branch sponsor is basically in charge of the photography branch and he will steer you in the right direction towards putting your putting the right paperwork in in order to to get a transfer if you like so um, yeah I mean it's kind of as simple as that once you express an interest yeah then they will then bring you in and and uh, and and kind of lead the way for you but then you also have to get permission from the marines to leave if you like you know so it's kind of a two-way thing really but if the branch of the photography branch are in need of commando trained photographers then they'll obviously they'd rather have a volunteer than a press man yeah makes sense um yeah and then and then you would have to do i don't know quite what the scheme is now but you would have to do a, a, a an eight-month photography course as a marine wow eight um, providing months. you what yeah. the hell do you? What, yeah. what can you fill eight months with learning photography? No, um, disres no, well, di no disrespect to our fellow photographers and cameramen out there. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we get about two days on the job training, and there you go, mate. Crack on. Yeah, well, that's it. Exactly. Yeah, just just <laughs> cuff it, really. So um, yeah, I mean, in the eight months we did, uh, there was eight of us on the course, um, including a couple of army guys and a few navy guys. I was the only marine on my particular course, and um, during those eight weeks you do sort of four uh we did four weeks black and white medium format photography uh that's all uh that's all with um film and then uh and then you did another four weeks 
uh, 35 mil photography film where you learn to develop and learn all the principles of photography. Um, and then after that, you then did a full 15 weeks digital photography right the way through from wow. getting your first digital camera all the way through to um, uh, to the end of the course with digital. Then, so the first half was film, the second half was digital. But now I don't think they touch film at all. They might even right. do it for a couple of weeks just to get an understanding because. Yeah things have moved on so quickly and they have to cram so much into the course that now I think that they're straight into the digital side of things. Yeah. Um, and also they do a lot more video now, whereas I did no video on my course at all. Oh really? And, and so yeah. then how did you, no. how did you then move into video? Was that still while in the, in the Navy? Um, I did a, a one, a one week ENG course, um, just to learn the, the, the basics of, uh, electronic news gathering principles. Um, uh, and there you sort of put together a package and, you know, but a, a week isn't, isn't long enough to learn, to learn what you need, need to know. So I think the guys now do a, a good chunk of their courses video. So it might even be like the, the, the last month or, or month and a half is video. I don't know the exact ins yeah. and outs at the moment. Um, so I got into video, but just purely when I was outside, I mean, I came out in 2008 after serving about four years, four, nearly five years as a photographer. Oh, wow. And then I basically wanted to be a press photographer when I came out. So that was kind of my, my channel through then from the military to the civilian world was to be a civilian press photographer, which is all I wanted to do. Um, so I came out of the Navy, I think it was on like 35 grand a year, got a job in a, uh, a press agency for 12 grand a year. <laughs> wow. So... I was earning, yeah, I mean, I thought I had the, the, the best portfolio in the world, as you do. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you get outside and you've got no press experience whatsoever. And uh, the only job you can get is um, almost like a local newspaper, yeah. you know. So, you, you again, you have to start from the bottom, really. I mean, that, so that's you, what I did. Would you say that kind of reflects, um, in general, what it's often like when you leave the military and go to the civilian world? You know, because you've got all these skills, all this experience. And suddenly, you know, a civilian employee is like, yes, yeah, so, but what have you actually done outside the military? I mean, is that a common experience? Um, I, th I think it probably is a common experience, actually, because um, when I was uh, photographing in the Navy, um, a mate of mine who was in the same photographic unit, we both went up north for an exercise. And uh, we met a guy called Daz Casey, who's uh, an old, uh, well, I say an old Navy thought, but he's an old friend of mine, Navy photographer. He actually got me into the naval, the naval photography branch at Limston all those years ago. And we went out to see him in his, in his house, and he'd been a civilian for five years taking photographs, doing local news, portraits, corporate stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I told him I was going outside, and he said, Lee, he said, um, whatever you do, he says, be prepared for a, a five-year wait or, or a five-year kind of step change to your life because it will be five years from the day you leave to the day you'll actually be able to afford to buy something for yourself. Really? And was that prediction true? And that prediction was so true. Absolutely, yeah. Because he'd he'd done five years, and just the week before we went to see him, he'd bought himself a motorbike, and he said that was the first actual thing that he'd managed to afford because he was. it took him that long to get himself established in the civilian world. Wow. And I thought he was the bee's knees when he left, you know? Yeah. But it goes to show that actually, you know, you can have all the experience you, you can you can try and get in the in the military, but um, it doesn't really, very little of it equates to the civilian world apart from, you know, your 
attitude and your 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 way of thinking so you know that that certainly gets you a long way initially but to be honest you know if you haven't got that experience or you know the 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 background knowledge that you need for a specific job then then you will struggle yeah i mean what advice would you have let's say let's say someone listening to this 20 year old kid you know just finishing college or whatever would like to do the sort of work you and i do and is thinking, you know, maybe I could sort of learn learn the trade, you know, in the military, doing something like as a as a as a naval fot or something like that. What advice would you have for them? Is that is that a path you would recommend, or would you suggest not to bother? Um, I suppose it, d- it depends on it depends on what you want to do in 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 the military. There's different ways of becoming a photographer. So. Um, in the RAF, you can join join up as a photographer. So you can join and be a, a ba- what they call a baby fop. So you can join up from day one, and that is going to be your career path. Right. Whereas the Navy and the Army, they have such small numbers of photographers that actually you have to do a bit of time first before then you get considered hmm. to, to, to be able to go into the branch, if you like. So it depends on what you want to do. If you, if you just want to join the military to get a photography qualification if you like which will be an mvq in photography then you can by all means join the ref do three years leave and then you are a photographer to all intents and purposes yeah but you have to bear in mind that um you probably won't get much in the way of civilian style photography throughout that period so you'll very much be starting from scratch with your portfolio when you leave anyway yeah so uh, you have to kind of have, I would say, you kind of have to have a, an interest in being in the military more so than being a photographer. Right. If you know what I mean. It's not like dentistry, for example, where actually they will give you a full, you know, like a full five-year degree before you then join the military and then you have to do a return of service. Yeah. It's kind of a very much a vocation you do once you're in the military because you want to do a certain part of it. Do you see what I mean? I do. I do. And well, yeah. let's, let's say then this, you know, this imaginary guy we're talking about does, you know, his five years in the Marines, you know, get some experience as a photographer. What, yeah. would, what would you say are the sort of key skills from your experience that being in the military have instilled in you that have helped you to be successful as a, as a cameraman? What, what, what are the sort of key skills uh, someone leaving the military brings with them? Um... Or, or, I suppose, or, or attributes in general, not necessarily specific skills. Um, yeah, I suppose um, it put it into put it into context of what it's like being in in the in the press pack, if you like. And you you know yourself, I actually get quite a big um, sort of I get a big portion of my camaraderie fix that I miss from being in the military. Actually, being in the press pack. Yeah. Right. So everybody's, you know, you're all wet, you're all tired, you're all hungry. Right. And you all need the loo because you, you, you know, you've been stood outside court for, for eight hours, but you can't miss the shot. Right. Yeah. So it's a very, very kind of uh, uncomfortable lifestyle, similar to the military when you're on stag or you're on exercise, or whatever. So there are similarities there. Um, it's it's it can be very, very miserable in that way, you know, bad weather and all that sort of stuff. And, and also the hours are atrocious sometimes, but what keeps you going and what keeps you, you interested and, and, and everything is the people around you. Mm. And that very much is the same way in the military. Right. And I, I get that from the press pack because everybody's miserable at the same time. Everybody's laughing about the same thing. Mm. Everybody's telling shit stories and shit jokes, you know, so there's a very, uh, I like the camaraderie of it all. Um, 
and as a military person leaving, actually, you bring a lot of that to bear instantly. Yeah. So you can come into a, a group of people that you've never met before and you can generally get on well with everybody because you hold yourself well. You know what it's like to be miserable, cold, wet and still stay motivated. And everybody likes that. So uh, that's definitely something like your personal attributes in that way, something you can definitely bring to the fore in order to get, get things done and get along with everybody that you spend a lot of time with on the road. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, I mean, you know, just sort of professional kind of bearing and, and being able to stay on top of your kit and making sure everything is squared away all the time, you're reliable. Um, you know, there's no, there's no point in turning up with only half your batteries charged and then you're not being able to stand on a doorstep with a camera, you know, on for six or seven hours. Exactly. You know, so um, all of that is kind of, it gets a lot of behind the scenes appreciation, I think. You know, because there will be other people. It's easier to shine that way because there will be other people there that, that haven't rocked up with all their batteries charged. And although they think they can get away with it, actually, it's always noticed. Yeah. Or the guy who turns you know. up and he's not got a card in his camera because he hadn't bothered sorting it out before he left the office. That sort of thing. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, or not the, you know, hasn't got the right, the right microphones. You know, I was working with somebody the other day who will remain nameless, but um, uh, I've got to be careful what I say, but basically... <laughs> Was doing doing lives, this. doing lives on location and uh, just using the, the the top mic on the camera and well the top light and the top mic. Right. Oh my word. You know. Yeah. Um, admittedly handheld, but you know you, 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 your correspondent doesn't want to hold a mic when they're doing live. They want it on a light stand and you know all, all of that sort of stuff. You know and just kind of going the extra mile and making that extra little bit of effort yeah, definitely yeah. goes noticed. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. I think you can bring quite a lot being in the military, even though you might not have that military port. Sorry, you might not have that civilian portfolio instantly to, to to prove that you can do the job. Yeah, and I mean, going back to your story then. So after you got this job as a press photographer, how did you then develop from there into into doing more video work and and then into the sort of stuff you're doing now? Um, I was very very lucky. There was. Um, Basically, I say lucky. I mean, you, you kind of, in a way, make your own luck by the the people you know and the people you meet and the effect that you have on people. So it's not all luck because you have to develop um, relationships with people in order to get openings and, you know, the networking and stuff like that. But um, basically, I was doing stills for the Daily Mail. I was on endless doorsteps, you know, kind of as uh, one of the, the uh, photographers used to put it, dodgy vicars. <laughs> it was always dodgy vicars and shit celebrities, shit celebrities. You were sort of hanging around outside their 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 door from dawn till dusk, you know, just yeah. trying to get a picture of them walking out of their uh, out of their house in their pajamas, that kind of thing. Um, so wasn't particularly enjoying what I was doing because I actually came out of the military in order to take photographs mm. and, you know, sitting outside someone's door, for example, for eight hours a day or just 10, 12 hours a day didn't interest me whatsoever. Yeah. But it's a day's work, so you take it you know um so i was doing that and i had a a phone call from a friend of mine who used to be in the marines i'd known him since 1997 when i when i joined up um a fort first at 40 commando and a lad called stevie hignett and he um he basically did uh royal marines video production unit so the royal marines had a, a two guys that basically were based at limpston all the time it was a special draft you went on a eight week bbc cameraman course and then they shoved you in oh, that'll ruin with any the creativity they had in the first place 
Say again. An eight-week BBC course is bound to kill any creativity they had before they yeah, did the course. Yeah, possibly. I've never done one, so I, <laughs> I couldn't speak for that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and then they they basically did like all the training videos and stuff for the for the for the video. So he wasn't a photographer, but he was a video cameraman to one of his purposes within the Marines. He came outside after doing 22 years and started working for Reuters as a freelancer in London. And uh, basically, the the time of the Pope's visit when he came to London. Um, all the cameramen were taken and uh, Reuters needed another one. And Stevie just basically gave me a call one day and said, oh, do you fancy trying to try and hand a bit of camera TV work? And I said, um, I said, sure. Yeah. What's it for? He says, um, well, on Monday, this was like the Thursday. He says, uh, on Monday, we're all traveling up to Scotland to go and cover the Pope's visit. Um, and uh, I'm going to shove a camera in your hand on Friday, give you a couple of hours training, and then um, you'll be on the train on Sunday. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I said, uh, sure give it a go what's what's there to lose you know i'd never really i'd never apart from my short eng course which i've done several years ago i'd never really touched a tv camera let, let alone a dvc pro um you know full hd cam camcorder so or camera so basically he let me have it for an afternoon did some white balances learn how to focus all that sort of stuff. Both overrated say, learn, skills. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, you know, you have to do things manually with when with one of those, you know, yeah. with a stills camera, you can, you know, you've focus, whatever. So I was like, okay, fine, yep, give it a go. So on the Sunday, he took me up to, um, took me up to Scotland and, and that was my, my TV career started really with Reuters wow. doing agency stuff. It's funny, sometimes so, it's just about grabbing that, that one opportunity, isn't it? And grabbing it with both hands. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it is about jumping in feet first and trying to grab the opportunity, but it's also about, you know, kind of, um, you never know where a relationship is going to take you or what opportunities it's going to open up, you know, no matter who it is. And I was very, very, very lucky. Stevie gave me an in, you know, and then, but then it's also hard work from then on to keep that momentum and to keep that, um, was like that, uh, basically you've got to you've got to keep moving forward so that you don't fuck up and take a step back and, and regret what you've done yeah. so if you can keep progressing keep learning and not have too many high, high profile fuck ups then you know you keep doing what you're doing as long as you enjoy it then you can keep moving forward yeah. um and that's all that in gave me was was basically i just love doing tv camera work found i had a bit of an act for it um and uh, and just kept at it and then you know it, the the first couple of years at Reuters, I just thoroughly loved. I was doing showbiz, news, sport, um, uh, editing, you know, albeit agency packages um, and transmission. So, you know, that was a big learning curve for me to learn that within two weeks and then, you know, actually on the job and then to keep that momentum going and, yeah. and to carry on learning all the way through was was pretty good. Well, I think the agencies are probably in many ways the best place to learn the trade, aren't they? Because you're doing so much with such quick turnaround, covering so many different stories. Mm. Yeah, they are, without a doubt. And also, I think that's why that's quite like local news, you know, because mm, true. Uh, I know the guys that work at BBC Regions, for example, they're doing shoot edit stories day in, day out, Yeah, you know. And that's why and how they become so good is because they're banging out the stories and they're exactly. banging out the edits and they're, you know, they're getting a hell of a lot of experience and they're also working with the same team, becoming really slick all the time at what they do. Therefore, then it is a good grounding to move on. And it's the same with the agencies because you do so many stories that actually, you know, it, it's very easy to keep that momentum because you're working all the time. You're not just sat on your ass 
waiting for the next, you know, interview on the piazza, for example. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just wanted to ask you one thing I've noticed, um, and I don't know if you'll agree. There's something about uh, the Royal Marines that they're just much more media savvy. And, uh, you know, I do know a few. Uh, well, there's a couple of cameramen I know uh you know, do you know Mark? I can't remember his last name, but ex Royal Marine lives in Devon, um, I think. Um, yeah, Mark Hewitt. Yeah, so there's there's yeah. a few ex Royal Marines, you know, cameramen around, and there's quite a few people I meet, you know, who are ex Marines in the media. And whenever I've worked with the Royal Marines in theatre, they've always been very open to the media. What is it specifically about the Marines? Do you think that that you know they just seem very media savvy and very at home with the media in a way a lot of other um, branches of the military military arm um i i think it's a, it's a hard one it's a hard one to to nail down really but i think it's the the marines is, is quite a large unit you know i mean there's there's any one time i think there's like six or seven thousand marines right so it's a it's a big unit and it's quite a transient population within that unit. So lads will go to 40 commando for three years. They'll spend the first three years there and then they'll get a specialization and they'll go and be a landing craft guy, or they might go to four, two commando or four, five commando. So there's lots and lots of opportunities for different branches. And so you can literally go anywhere and do anything within your, within, within that, that kind of within the Marines, basically you could, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. So I think that, the difference between the Marines and the army from that point of view is, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of army guys that might dispute this, but basically once you get to your unit, say the Paris, for example, you're either three power or you're two power. You never move from three power to two power, yeah. for example, you know, very rarely, you know, so there's a lot of kind of infighting between them. And there's something to be said for having a really, really close tight knit unit you know, and, 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 and all of that. But yet you, you might well get to a, a, an army logistics unit and you'll see two paras and they'll be set opposite sides of the bar because they're each from, you know, different para units. Whereas the Marines are different to that. You know, once you're a Marine, you always stay within your Marine family. Um, and, but within that, it's so big, it makes you a bit more outwardly going. So, you know, you're, I don't know, the Marines are always kind of, you know, always friendly outgoing willing to accept new guys because you get new guys into the unit all the time yeah. it doesn't matter where they're from as long as they muck in and and you know do their bit then then absolutely you know they're they're all and, and they're good on the lash then mm. you know they're always accepted and i think therefore then as, as a member of the press if you go into a royal marine unit uh where they're they're quite welcoming of of people who aren't necessarily there all the time then it's a bit easier to fit in and that goes for you know civilians like you you and i you know or any any kind of press it it's a little bit more easy to fit into that kind of when there's that kind of atmosphere whereas i think some army units definitely um are a bit more closed and a bit less willing to accept an outsider for who they are they're a bit more guarded yeah. you know i mean I don't... Uh, and i think that's probably that's that's probably a very small snippet of what actually goes on in the psychology of yeah of different units but you know it's just it's just the way we are really we're a bit more uh, a bit more outgoing i suppose i mean i don't know if i told you lee but for anyone who's listening they might want to look it up on youtube i did a documentary with your old unit with 40 commando did i tell you about this in afghan 
Yeah, so I did. It was called A Tale of Two Tours. So I did Herrick 7. I mean, it makes it sound like I did the whole tour. Obviously not. But I, I was out there for a couple of weeks during Herrick 7 with Delta Company, 40 Commando. And mm-hmm. then a slightly briefer visit, but went back to see Delta Company 40 Commando in 2012. Yeah. Uh, and then at the time, they were just news pieces. But at the end of the trip, we thought, well, we've got so much amazing stuff of this same unit on two different tours. Let's do a yeah. documentary about it. So we turned it into a sort of 24-minute documentary that ran on the BBC. Um, so I've got a real soft spot for, for your old unit and have nothing but great memories. A uh, brilliant bunch of blokes. I'm still in touch with some of them. Uh, yeah. And I even got invited to the yeah. Herrick 7 reunion drinks uh, a few months ago. So that, so that was quite nice. You know, Did the, you make it? No, sadly, I wasn't even in the country. But it, I thought it was nice to be asked, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, one, one of the lads who I spent time filming with, we, we still talk regularly on Facebook and stuff. So, you know, I've got a real soft spot for the unit. And if anyone wants to look it up on YouTube, they might, they might find it quite interesting. It's on my, my personal YouTube channel. And, and the documentary is called A Tale of Two Tours. Great. Yeah. So if, yeah, yeah. if you get bored, that's, that's some, something I want to do actually in my my new career in the BBC is to try and uh, try and do quite a lot more embedded stuff. You know, I mean, there's there's not a lot going on for the forces at the moment, but yeah. um, you know, it, it would be nice to be able to give some of that back and actually, you know, use some of the experience that that I have mm. in trying to integrate myself within a unit and tell a slightly different story, a bit like you did. You know, yeah, so. Yeah. That's one of my aims is is to, to do that kind of thing, yeah, without doubt. I think it's brilliant. I think the problem is now, um, what I noticed is 2007, doing embeds with the military was brilliant. You had a lot mm-hmm. of freedom, a lot of access. You know, all we had was the uh, the schoolie, I think they call them, basically the, you know, the teacher attached to the unit. Education officer. The education yeah. officer who was our uh, 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 chaperone, I guess you'd call him. And, you know, he was very relaxed and didn't try and stop us doing anything. Fast forward to 2012, when we went out on, uh, on patrol with the Royal Marines, I think there was three military um, press people guiding us, basically trying to stop us doing anything. They, they, they weren't yeah. too bad, but then two civilian ones from the MOD as well, um, to the point where it's just silly. And I think now the problem you'd have with what you're talking about is the access just isn't there anymore. The, the MOD, in my experience, have been so paranoid that, mm. you know, like we were meant to interview this one guy. Um, and the, the journalist I was working with was talking to him off camera before we began. And he asked his opinion about something. I can't remember what it was, but the opinion he expressed wasn't 100% positive towards the British military's role in Afghanistan or whatever it was, the question. This was off camera, just chatting. Yeah. Journalist goes to the toilet, comes back. We set up for the interview. Guy's gone. We turned to the press liaison guy. He said, oh, where, you know, where's he gone? He said, oh, he had a change of heart. Didn't want to do the interview anymore. So, you know, just that, that <laughs> attitude that, okay, <laughs> if you're not going to tow exactly the line we're telling you, you know, and, you know, and, and so it is quite difficult, you know, to get the sort of access, you know, and the honesty that you used to get from from guys on the ground who would tell you what they thought. Yeah. Now, um, you know, they're under so much pressure to sort of toe the, the party line that it's really hard to get anyone to say anything yeah. that actually expresses any emotion or feeling or anything, you know. Yeah, and no, I think the British military has kind of in some ways lost its way with all of that, really, because, um, you know, uh, they obviously 
see harm in in people being honest mm. you know and uh, and it takes a strong press officer to go against that and let people just speak their minds no matter you know good bad whatever you know because a lot of things will be good but a lot of things will also be bad you know so um yeah they've definitely lost their way in that way i mean i've heard lots of reports i've never worked with the, the american military but i've heard lots of reports about the Ameri american military being a, a lot more open yeah about you know press access and and um you know um freedom of speech of their troops really you know to to say to say and do whatever they they need to do you know and and to get the story out you know so i think yeah i think the british military's lost its way a little bit but you know hopefully as a, as an ex-military person you know maybe you can kind of get past that a little bit. I don't know, until I try, until I get yeah, the opportunity, yeah. I'm not quite sure how it'll go, really. Yeah, well, good luck with it, mate. Anyway, I think uh, I think if anyone can crack it, you can. Yeah, good to go. <laughs> All right, you mate. Well, look, we should wrap it up there. I'll leave you in peace. But thanks for that. I really, really appreciate that chat. And actually, before you go, is there anything else you want to say that I haven't asked you? You know, any any thoughts or, or anything you want to say for any military guys thinking of leaving? Any, any final thoughts? Um... No, I mean, listen. I, I did. I, I once did a did a talk um, organised by a, a, an ex Navy photographer, um, trying to get lots of ex military people together in order to give a talk to other military people in order to come outside and, and try and get a career uh, in the photography world. And and I went along. I was working with the papers at the time with a really negative attitude, um, and I kind of probably put everyone off. Uh, and I wish I hadn't because it is such a such a good good career, such a great opportunity. There are brilliant people. Like I said, the camaraderie is 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 there, and there's very few civilian style jobs where you still get that amount of of camaraderie and and and, uh, and friendship, you know, that you still crave from the military days. Um, and the opportunities are massive. You know, um, providing you're willing to work hard, put in the effort and, you know, do everything 110 miles an hour like you're used to doing in the military, then, you know, there's no reason why you can't get on and and, and, and have a wonderful second career, you know, and, and there's no kind of better place to do it than, than, than in the media. We're actually producing something. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no better job than going out on a day, shooting and editing, transmitting your piece and seeing it on the ten o'clock news, and it's all your work. Yeah, true. You know, it's, there's nothing better than that for me, and for me to now be in a career where I'm achieving that on a kind of, you know, at least a twice weekly basis, you know, most weeks, and for different broadcasters and be trusted to do that and. Yeah. Uh, and, and keep that momentum is just is just brilliant. And you know, I doubt, I doubt if there's many other jobs in civilian street where you can actually get that feeling. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good good point to end on. Thanks, Lee. Cool. No worries, mate. <laughs> well, that was great chatting with Lee, and I think um, anyone will have found that chat interesting. Whether you've been in the military or are in the military, or whether you've had absolutely nothing to do with the military, I think we covered a lot of ground there. And Lee is um, full of really good information. Well, look, guys, that's all for today. Stay tuned because next week I've got a brilliant interview for you with an agency producer slash cameraman looking at things from an agency perspective, which is very different to working for a, for a broadcaster. So lots of stuff to talk about there. All right, guys, have a fantastic week. Keep shooting. Oh, and please do um, shout out to me on social media because sometimes I feel like I'm 
talking to nobody and the download figures haven't been great to be honest so I'm struggling to keep the motivation up to keep doing this so please do let me know if you listen and uh, maybe that will encourage me to keep going beyond next week all right guys well look take care all the best bye bye